The Lord bless you. The Lord anoint you. The Lord open your hearts and your mind to listen to his word, to live for him in these challenging days. Today we look at one of those teachings that the Lord gave us that is still remarkable for today. The warning against error. The warning against error. There are so many times we fall into error because of the teachings we follow, because of our desires of the flesh, because we do not focus on God, because of sickness, because of poverty, because of the difficulties we have, challenges in our family, in our friends, because of unemployment. These push us sometimes into grave error and cause some to even backslide and say they do not believe in the Lord again or they just go through the motions as if they were believers but their heart is far away from God they come to church they go to all kinds of things but they refuse to grow they do not know their Lord are you in that situation? do you know somebody in that situation? as I share this message today I pray that it will bring you in healing and encouragement and above all the word, not only for you, but for a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, and a colleague. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Master, we thank you that because you love us so much, you've given us your word, the Bible. Teach us, correct us, strengthen us, empower us, open our spiritual eyes that we may see our hearts for understanding. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus loved it when people came to him to be taught. He came to teach. He came to heal. He came to correct. But in doing all of these things, he came to teach us how to live for God, how to make us fit for the kingdom of heaven, how to make us worthy citizens of the world in which we live how we can live in this world and show people that God has power, Jesus is our Lord, and we are citizens not only of this world, but of the world to come. And so when people come to him, they are hungry to hear his word. We read in Matthew chapter 15, verses 32 to 39, and also chapter 16, verse 1 to 12, our lesson for today and the teaching the warning against making mistakes, making errors, why people make those mistakes and how we can stay away from them. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 32 to 39, we read, Then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they will faint along the way. The disciples replied, Where do we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? They replied, Seven loaves and a few small fish. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to the disciples who distributed food to the crowd. They all ate as much as they wanted. 
Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were 4,000 men who were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Then Jesus sent the people home, and he got into a boat and crossed over to the region of Magadan. This remarkable story is recorded in the other Gospels as well. But for the sake of time, the principles are the same. Let's stay with what Matthew records for us here. What do we see? The people were devoted to Jesus. The people had been with Jesus for three days. Three days. They had him teaching. They had him preaching. I mean, they just camped out with Jesus. And they loved him. And he loved them. But they ran out of food. They were hungry and had nothing to eat. And Jesus loved them so much that he wouldn't send them away hungry. His love still is for us today. He wants us to eat. He wants us to enjoy life. But he also wants us to hear his word. But the question is, are you so hungry to hear the word of God? Would you spend three days just at the feet of Jesus? They were devoted to him. The people loved to hear his word. But then, because he cared, he said, I can't send them away. And he asked the disciples, can you find them food to eat? And they doubted. They just asked, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? We can't. You see, the disciples had no faith that Jesus could feed all these people. They forgot how he had fed the 5,000, recorded in Matthew 14, and he was just an amazing God, but the people were slow to understand him. Friends, do not look upon circumstances. When Jesus is asking you something, he already knows the answer. When he's challenging you to do something, when he's calling you to follow him, he already knows how he will take you from point A to point B. So, he asked a question in order to test their faith. And whether they would look up to God or look at the circumstances, they looked at themselves, we don't have anything. How can we feed all these people? Jesus, how can we do it? But Jesus made a very big demand on them. What do you have? What do you have? God will always ask you, what do you have? How much bread do you have? They replied, seven loaves and a few small fish. Well, for Jesus, anything that you give to him, he will multiply it once you have faith in him. And the disciples learned something that day. And you and I, if you open our hearts, if you count your blessings, you see how the Lord has been blessing you from the beginning of time when you were born up to today. Because as human beings, we are always complaining about what we don't have what we need, what we want in the future, and do not open our eyes to see what the Lord has given us, your gifts, your talent, your network of friends, your church family, your extended family, the opportunities to live in the country and work. I mean, look, God has given us so much. So they said, well, we have only seven loaves and a few fishes. What are we going to do with them? But Jesus ignored them. All he said was, have the people sit down in groups. 
Let them sit down. Let them relax and watch what God would do. Take time and listen to the master. Obey his instructions and to amaze you what he would do. Now, what did Jesus do? Oh, it's such a remarkable thing. He just took the bread and prayed over it. He took the bread, the seven loaves of fish, thanked God for them and broke them in pieces. Then he gave them to the disciples who distributed them to the crowd. I watched a film on this and I woke up. So, wow, what did Jesus do? Can you imagine him getting the seven loaves and the fish and asking the disciples to come? Twelve disciples, each of them finding a basket or a rubber bag where they didn't have them in those days. But if we're today, they have a basket, they have a rubber bag, they have something to put the food in, a bowl, a plastic something to put the food in. And then they come to Jesus and he's holding these seven abolo or yakareke or tatali or whatever or bread and the fishes and they're looking at him 12 men with baskets looking at jesus with seven he prayed and broke the pieces and gave it to them you go and distribute it friends as they obeyed and as the people were sitting down and they were distributing the bread and the fishes it kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying in their hands. It multiplied in their hands as they fed the people. You dip your hand in the basket. You give the people what they want. How much loaf do you want? How many do you want? How many fishes? Oh, give me more. Give me more. The greedy people ate. Those who are on diet ate the little they wanted to eat. Everybody ate to his fill. And as they gave it out, more and more were made miraculously he gave it to them and said you distribute them verse 37 said they all ate as much as they wanted hallelujah they ate as much as they wanted then he asked them look no waste gather the leftovers afterward the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food and there were four thousand men who were fed that day in addition to all the men in, in, sorry after the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food there were four thousand men who were fed that day in addition to all the women and children hallelujah see what faith would do what jesus could do jesus took the seven loaves and a few fish and he fed the 4,000 men beside the women and children. God, God is teaching us a lesson. And the lesson is this. God can take little and make much from it. He can take the little that you give him. Your little talent, so-called. Your little opportunity. Your little money here. Your little prayer here. Just give it to him in faith. Lord, I offer myself to you. Like the book of Isaiah, who shall I send and who will go for us? Say, I will go. So here you are, praying a giant, praying for me, praying. Here you are, God's little child, but you see something in the country. You can't talk about it. You can't go to the people. But can you pray? Knowing that with the prayer of faith, God can do something about it. 
You hear about missionaries who are being persecuted. You hear about people who are locked behind bars unjustifiably. You hear about the sick. There are so many things you hear and you wonder, what can I do? If you can, in prayer, if you can, by faith, turn your eyes to God and just, Lord, I come to you. I'm interceding for Ghana. I'm interceding for the government. I'm interceding for Syria. I'm interceding for Russia. Lord, I'm interceding for my family that they will come to know you. That little prayer, that little faith that you have, that claim that you are making, that plea that goes before God's throne, he takes it and makes much out of it. If he's sweeping, you can sweep the house of God, he will take it and bless you. If it is singing, if it is ushering, if it is preaching, if it is teaching, anything, no matter how little you say or you think it is, God can take it and make much from it. That is what we learn here. From the seven loaves and fishes, God multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And you can imagine the joy of the people. They were so amazed. They were not only fed spiritually, but they were also fed physically. And that is how God, that's a challenge he throws to you and I today, as individuals and as a church. Man shall not live by bread alone. That's true. But sometimes men and women need bread to eat. And can we provide? Can we share? May the Lord cause us to be a sharing people. There are some who have so much that they hoard and hoard and throw it away. And there are some who have so little and they are so hungry. As you hear this message, that cloth, that cloth that you are waiting for, that you to slim down and use, can you give it away? That car you don't use, can you give it to a missionary? That bicycle that's been lying around in your garage, can you give to bless others as well? Don't let us be selfish because with God, whatever you give shows that you are a giver. And God loves those who give cheerfully. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So, Whatever little you have, God can take it and make much from it. So, the disciples saw the miracles and they themselves were impressed. The people ate and they were impressed. I am sure, I'm just guessing, that the quality of the bread and the fish they ate that day was much, much different, was superior to what they were used to cooking. How do I know? Oh yeah, in John chapter 2 at the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee when Jesus turned the water into wine and the people drank it. So what is it? What is the quality? Yes, he refined it. He took out everything, the gems and everything, just gave it a different quality. It was able to sustain the people. Jesus is a master miracle worker. You give him your best he changes it to make it sweeter, make it desirable, makes the quality better. Will you offer your little to him? He can take it and make it what he wants it to be. But well, that's for that day and how easy it is for us to forget. But in Matthew chapter 16, the story continues from verse 1 to 4. One day the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus, asking that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. He replied, You know the saying, Red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. 
Rest guy in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the signs of the weather, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. Then, he says, only an evil, adulterous generation will demand a miraculous sign, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then Jesus left them and went away. How would Jesus do this? Why would he do this? How? Why? People came to him. The Sadducees and the Pharisees were among the religious leaders. They were very educated people. And sometimes when you read about them in the Bible, you wonder who they were. Well, they were scholars, very educated. They were Jews. And they knew the Torah. They knew the Word. They knew the Bible. But they didn't know the power of God. So when they came to Jesus, they came asking him all kinds of things. They wanted to see miracles before they would believe. Yes. See, Jesus, we know you can do miracles. Say, Jesus, what can you do for us? They came seeking because they were faithless. See, some of the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law now arrive from Jerusalem to see why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? They ignore our tradition of washing before they eat. So they came asking questions. You heard them, they come, and anytime they come, it's questions that they have. And not to learn, not to be educated, not to praise God, not to even commend Jesus, that he was delivering people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Sometimes they wanted to see these things, not as a sign, but to be entertained, to see what God can do, and then they'll be happy. You see, and Jesus asked him a question. You people, you know how to read the weather. Even in those long, long, long ago days, or let me take that again, the people really who came to see Jesus wanted to see miracles before they would believe. But did they want to see miracles? No. Jesus' miracles were meant for people to know that God is alive, God is working, and God can change them. But these people, all that they wanted was to be entertained. Jesus turned to them. You know what the weather is like. They could understand the signs of the times. They can read and say to rain. They can read the forecast. They can see things and interpret them. But when it comes to spiritual things, they are not willing to apply their minds to hear what God has to say. They want to understand everything. Jesus was not against knowledge, was not against educated people. But there's a point here that sometimes the more worldly knowledge a person gains as they study, the less they depend on God, the less they understand. Because they want everything to add up. They want one plus one to be two, two plus two to be four. And if it doesn't work like that, then they don't get it. They don't want to believe. You say, oh, when we're young, we believe those things. But now that we've grown, now that we're educated, we don't believe in those fairy tales again. May God have mercy on you. Do you understand how your heart beats? Do you understand how you breathe? Do you understand how the airplane works before you sit on it? Even how a car works 
before you sit in it. There are many things we don't understand, but we take them by faith. And the word of God makes more sense than a lot of things that are around us. We take so many things for granted. But when it comes to faith in God, you want to understand. Because you are educated. You have a degree. You have a PhD. You are a professor. You are this and that. And sometimes, there are people who just have a very little knowledge. A little learning is a dangerous thing. So Jesus told them, well, you read in the Bible, in your Old Testament, Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days. So Christ will be in the grave for three days, but he will rise again. You see, the things of God are simple so that believers can understand. They can put their faith in God. But those who think they are sophisticated and want to cross all the T's and dot all the I's may stumble over them. Some try to reason with God while others try to use logic. Yes, there are things you can understand, but there are things you can never understand. Once you understand God, then you are God himself. You can't understand all things. So, Jesus had this encounter with them. He was telling this is how you get into error. This is how you make mistakes. Your knowledge, the little learning God has given you, the little understanding God has given you, you want to use it to understand God, spiritual things, and you doubt them, have faith in God. But it does not only come from learning so much and being doubtful. Sometimes error comes because we forget. People are very forgetful. In the same Matthew, chapter 16, verses 5 and 6. Look, Jesus was working with these disciples, and these disciples forgot to take bread with them. Then, they were wondering, ah, what are we going to eat? How are we going to be able to survive? What is it that is going to happen to us? Now, Jesus was wondering, are these the same people who have been with me? He told them, look, don't forget what I did for you. I am God. I'm able to feed you. I'm able to clothe you. Do you forget what I did for you the other time? No. The disciples forgot to take bread with them. As these disciples forgot to take food, so many, many people of us forget to read the Bible to pray every day and do not see the hand of God in our lives. Let that not be your portion. Don't forget the good things God has done for you. And if you are up today and you can hear me, you can see, thank God that once you were nobody, but by His grace you've been saved and He's making you who He wants you to be. But some are worried not because of their knowledge, some, not because they forget, some, they are just faithless. And Jesus said, you hypocrites, Isaiah said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is false. No, they are faithless. Why did they doubt Jesus? They forgot that he fed 4,000 people, 5,000 people. It is always easy to forget what happens. I've been to many crusades 
I've seen on television people who have been touched by God and they are so bubbling with energy. But after a while, when the troubles come, then they say, oh no, uh, we don't even know what happened to us. They become so faith faithless. Many people experience the blessings of God when they are about to face an exam. Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. Let me pass. And they pass. God, give me a job. God, give me a child. God, give me a wife. And Jesus takes care of them. God takes care of them. So many things happen. As soon, when they land into difficulty, or sometimes when they become so wealthy, when they become, when they have money, when they have property, when they have an inheritance, when they have a job promotion, then they forget what God has done for them and how easy it is to fall into that temptation. You can only stay close to God when you watch and pray, when you are part of an assembly, a fellowship, a church, a group, that others can help you to know and stay on the narrow. Because some get astray because they are so embedded in this world. Do not fall into that temptation. Don't fall into that error. Jesus warns against that error. But the last one I'll look at today for the sake of time are those who are the false followers. They are fake. Nowadays we have fake news. We have fake stories. But we also have fake believers. See, the Pharisees and Sadducees were teaching a false religion. And Jesus warns people to be careful about these groups. See, in the last days, there are many people who teach, who do signs, who do wonders, and who do it even in my name. By you, my children, I'm warning you, be very careful. You see, Satan even does miracles. But when Satan does a miracle, understand this, they do it because it is a counterfeit. So don't get me wrong. God has given his people gifts. His gifts work. But just as there are authentic gifts, so there are fake gifts. There are authentic powers from God and there are fake powers from the devil. If you are a student of the Bible, you read about Moses. Let my people go. And for the many of the miracles Moses did, Pharaoh and his magicians were also able to duplicate them. Until the last days when their children died, when Moses raised his hand and they crossed the Red Sea, those were the things they could not duplicate. So if you are just following, following, you are fake. You want a fake passport, a fake wife, a fake promotion, fake job, just not because you want to serve God, but you want your own things to happen. You may fall into error. So friends, the Lord wants us that he came to save and he can save everybody and anybody. But we must be sincere. But if you follow just what you know, you forget his goodness, you don't have faith in him, you are following him in a fake manner because you just want things to please yourself. You may fall into error. He's teaching this so that if today you've been going to church, you've heard the word of God, you have not become a child of God, you can say, Lord, I give my life to you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. 
accept your guidance, accept your teaching, accept your correction. If that is your sincere prayer, the Lord will take you. He will mold you. He will train you. And he will teach you what it is to be his child. And if you are a believer in, in Christ, don't be like the disciples who forget what God has done for them. But in daily Bible reading, in witnessing, in prayer, in fellowshipping with the brethren, you continue to grow and grow so that he will use you more and more and more. And very soon, you'll be using it to teach people the difference between the right and the wrong because truly you have become a teacher of the word because you are a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Let the Lord bless you and keep you. His word be rich in your life. You are blessed, anointed, loved by God and he will help you stay away from error because you stay close to him. Lord, thank you for your word to us today. In Jesus' name, amen.